This Thursday, February 22nd, NBA betting picks edition of the NBA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Game Time, your home for the lowest price, last minute tickets. Download the Game Time app today and make sure you use our promo code SGPN for $20 off. We're also brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy gives you the opportunity for a chance to win 100x. Make sure you use that promo code SGPN at underdogfantasy.com for a 100 deposit bonus match. And we're also brought to you by Hall of Fame Bets, the sports betting research platform for parlays, player props, and game lines. Download the Hall of Fame Bets app or visit hofbets.com and use promo code SGPN to get 50% off your first month and start making smarter bets today. Welcome, everyone, to the NBA Gambling Podcast, part of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. It is Thursday, February 22nd, ready to kick off post-All-Star break as we head into the final stretch of the regular season in the NBA. 12-game schedule on Thursday night here. And joining me here to help me break it all down, I got my guy here with me. It's Scott Studio Rachel. Scott, what's going on, my man? How are you doing this Thursday morning? Yeah, doing pretty well. Feels good to get basketball back. Been a couple interesting days. I've pivoted completely to hockey, which has worked out well for me, but still. Uh, definitely nice to have NBA back, a lot of games, and looking forward to the back half of the season. Yeah, it should be a lot of fun. And, you know, we did the uh, Eastern Conference and Western Conference um, you know, futures update and a post-All-Star break preview. So if you guys haven't listened to those episodes, uh, go ahead and check those out. We gave out some uh, hopefully winning bets as far as futures goes and uh, updated win totals, division odds, all that fun stuff. So go back. And if you do have time, uh, make sure to check out those two episodes that uh, between myself, Scott and Terrell did over the last two days. Um, not much going on outside of um, uh, the all-star game. I know we talked about that. It's been a quiet week of news, but um, we got 12 games here, Scott. So let's uh, get right into it, my man. Um, let's start with the first game here. We'll go over to the game between the Orlando Magic. They are in Cleveland here tonight to take on the Cavaliers. Currently, as it stands, the Cavs are a seven and a half point home favorite with a total of 215 in this game. And looking at the injury report for both of these teams, let's start here with Orlando Magic. Paulo Pancaro did pop up questionable this morning uh, with an illness. He is officially questionable. Uh, Markel Fultz is out for this game. He is dealing with uh, left knee injury maintenance. Um, other than that, pretty much um, the guys that are there are on uh, G League assignment or two-way deals for the Orlando Magic. For the Cleveland Cavaliers, Donovan Mitchell is also listed as questionable uh, in this game with an illness as well. And... Um, that's the only significant name for the Cavs here. So a couple of big questionable tags here for both teams in Paolo Pancaro for the Magic and Donovan Mitchell for the Cleveland Cavaliers here, Scott. So let's start with the side minus seven and a half in favor of the home team in the Cavs. Well, you forgot to mention another big name that might be questionable or out for this game. Uh, Trishan Thompson still suspended. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, just want to get that out there. Um, <laughs> I feel like I'm going to lean to Orlando. I got to wait to see if Boncaro is going to play. Seven and a half feels a little bit steep based on how good the Magic are defensively. This total has dropped a lot, though, so it seems like it was kind of unofficially official that one of those guys might be sitting. 
because mm-hmm. the totals dropped uh, pretty handily over the last couple of days. So somebody knew there's some inside information about the injury report, which is why the line has dropped. But I do think you're looking at this actual spot being a little bit large of a number, in my opinion, for Cleveland. I know Cleveland's been in great form. They announced yesterday that Garland and Mobley will no longer have minute restrictions. So the point is you might see Cleveland ramping back the you know to the usual starting lineup with them playing 35-plus minutes, give or take. But I like Orlando. I think Orlando's a good team. I think you're looking at a spot where the Magic defensively we know are very solid. They are a lot better at home than on the road. That's the problem. But I see a very physical game, a very close game. And I think because of that, in what could be a pretty interesting day in the NBA with all the rust, potentially lower scoring games, we'll factor that in maybe accordingly. I see a rock fight in this game, so I am going to lean to the under, but I am going to lean to Orlando. I think they're good enough and physical enough to actually keep this game close. I'm going to lean to the Magic to cover this number. Yeah, uh, right before we started um, going live here, the uh, got an alert that Donovan Mitchell was present uh, at shoot around dealing with that illness. So, you know, more than likely when guys are participating in uh shoot around, they're more than likely to play here. Uh, yeah, I feel like there might be a little bit of rust for both teams here. I think that might be the theme in the association. Uh, at least this, um, you know, this through this weekend, guys kind of getting their legs back under them, you know, coming back from vacation or whatever the case might be. But like you mentioned, the magic have been one of the better defensive teams. And so has Orlando. Uh, for that matter, uh, sorry, I mean, uh, Cleveland as well has been good on the defensive side as well. So I agree with you. I think I expect this to be a physical game, um, uh, slow possessions, um, you know, rebounding. I think both these teams are great rebounding. Obviously, when we talk about Jared Allen and Evan Mobley, uh, you know, in the front court for the Cleveland Cavaliers. So um, I'll lean here with the magic side here as well. I do like the under in this game. Like you mentioned, should be possibly a rock by the physicality uh, will be in this uh, will be uh, there in this game here as well. Again, two teams, like we mentioned, that have been better defensively than, um, again, rest of the association thus far this season, which leads us to player props in this game here. Scott, anything that you do like? Well, it's tough to fully time is going to play for Orlando, but I'm going to have to lean to Franz because if Boncaro is going to be questionable or potentially going to sit this game out, Wagner can go over his number if Boncaro plays, and especially if he doesn't. So I am going to lean to Wagner. I like his over. Uh, I just think that he's in line for a pretty good showing here. I'm curious who's going to guard him. Probably a Coro, but we'll see what happens. I mean, the NBA switches almost every single pick and roll, so you might end up seeing a lot of switching taking place. But I think Wagner, once again, has a good spot to put together a good showing here. The volume will go up in terms of attempts if, uh, of course, Boncaro is not going to play. I am wondering if Boncaro doesn't play, how that affects the actual... Uh, I'd say ball handling responsibilities for the rest of the roster uh, because mm-hmm. Vog- because Wagner's going to handle some of it. You're probably going to see Suggs handle a decent amount of it as well. So I probably yeah. would look to Suggs maybe on points, maybe assists, but I think you're looking at maybe waiting to see if Boncaro is going to suit up or not, but I'd plan accordingly. It's tough to take player props when you don't know if the best player on the team is going to play or not. So yeah. probably a wait and see approach. Yeah, I think that um, probably... Uh, but Taze would get the start if Banker was not able to go. Maybe Wendell Carter Jr. as well for the Magic. Um, maybe assist prop for Cole Anthony coming off of the bench. You know, we talked about ball handling, uh, like you mentioned there. That gives him another ball handler uh, for the Orlando Magic there. But, um, yeah, not much for the Magic side. If you want to take a look at a rebounding prop for the Cavs side, whether it's Jared Allen or whether it's Evan Mobley, uh, both those guys are, or Evan Mobley's at nine and a half at minus 145, and Jared Allen's up to 11 and a half at even money. So 
Um, I couldn't talk you off of either one of those. I think that I think it's a possibility that Evan Mobley gets a double digit rebounds and Jared Allen has another big night on the boards as he has been, um, you know, all through January and February for the Cleveland Cavaliers. So, um, yeah. Anything else for this game? Uh, no, you mentioned Mobley rebounds, which I was also going to mention. Uh, he's been really good to me recently, especially with the boards. Yeah. No minute restriction now, so he should be in line for a good showing here. Maybe if you want to go with blocks for Mobley, because once again, minutes restriction is not going to be a thing anymore. You can yeah. start kind of honing in more on some defensive props, but I do like the rebounds for Mobley in this game. Um, just want to see how Evan Mobley has done uh, against the Magic in his career. Let's see here. So Averaging about 15 points per game. He's only had one game where he's been in double-digit rebounds. So, um, yeah, all right. Um, all right, so that's the Magic and the Cavs here. We'll get over to the next game. Before I do that, uh, let me tell everyone uh, about game time. Look, game time, they take away the stress of having to um, buy fine tickets for uh, events that are that that are in your area, whether it's sporting events whether there's a comedy show that's in your area, a music concert, uh, whatever the case might be, uh, let Game Time help you out because buying tickets to events shouldn't have to be a stressful process. And you should be excited uh, for the events that you're going to attend, whether it's, like I mentioned, a ball game, whether it's a concert, a, a comedy show, whatever the case might be. Killer last-minute deals on uh, tickets and their best price are guaranteed. You can stop stressing over the tickets, like I mentioned. And get excited for the fun you're going to have at these events. Uh, their app is so easy to use. All you got to do is just download the Game Time app. They have flash deals, like I mentioned. Last minute tickets are available as well, and it's easy to find and buy tickets for every type of event in your area. Uh, lowest price guarantee. They even have event cancellation protection as well. So forget planning months in advance. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals for on, on tickets for basketball, baseball, concerts, hockey, comedy, theater, and much more. Also, the game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. And if you find tickets in the same section and row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. That's how confident they are in their prices. And also, the best part I love, you actually get images of your seat before you actually buy the ticket so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. You can buy tickets in a matter of seconds, two taps, and you're all set to go. And the tickets are sent directly to your phone. You don't have to wait for them in the mailbox or haggle through your email searching for those tickets. Nope, they're right there on your phone. So all you got to do is download the GameTime app, create an account, and use promo code SGPN for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account, redeem code SGPN for $20 off. Download GameTime today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. And we're also brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy has a way to play alongside your favorite Fantasy players all season long, NBA, NHL, and college basketball. Simply pick higher or lower on your favorite players' fantasy stats and cash in. You can win 100x with some spicy plays. Stay tuned at the end of the episode. Scott and I will put together our underdog fantasy entry here for the Thursday night schedule in the NBA. So you can watch along, maybe make your, make your own picks over on Underdog and maybe make a little cash as well over on Underdog's mobile app or their website, underdogfantasy.com. And when you sign up with promo code NBA SGPN, Underdog will double your first deposit of up to $100. Again, that's Underdog Fantasy. Make sure you use that promo code NBA SGPN. All right, Scott, let's keep it rolling here. Next game on the schedule, we've got the Philadelphia 76ers. They are hosting the New York Knicks. Uh, currently, the Sixers are a one point favorite with a total of 228 in this game. Looking at the injury report, uh, let's start here with the New York Knicks. OG Ananobi continues to be out. He had a uh, right elbow surgery. 
Uh, Boyan Bogdanovich is probable. Isaiah Hartenstein is probable as well. And then Julius Randle and Mitchell Robinson continue to be out for the New York Knicks. For the Philadelphia 76ers, uh, Nick Batum is questionable here tonight. Um, Robert Covington is going to be out, I believe it said two or three more weeks for the Sixers. Uh, we know Joel Embiid continues to be out as well. De'Anthony Milton is out as well. Um, and that is pretty much it. Um, Scott, Nick's catching a point here in Philly. What do you think? Uh, yeah, I think for this one, it's going to be tough, but I'm going to lean to the Knicks in this spot. I like the fact Hardenstein's probably going to play. I think that he's a really solid center, at least compared to Jericho Sims. Massive upgrade there, and I do think it's going to help out the offense because Sims has no offensive talent whatsoever besides rebounding. Hardenstein can facilitate a little bit, very good on the glass. I think he's in line for a good showing here against Paul Reed. Achua's not exactly a great shooter by any means, but the activity on the glass against Paul Reed and Tobias Harris, the Knicks should really dominate the boards in this game, which I think is going to be a story of this matchup. I do still think Brunson is the best player on the court. No offense to Maxi, but I do think that Brunson's better. Uh, DiVincenzo and Heald. Heald's been very good with Philly, so you can argue that might be a wash. I would take Josh Hart over Kelly Oubre in a heartbeat, but the point is Oubre we know can score. I'm going to lean to the Knicks, though. I just think Hardenstein coming back is a nice stabilizing piece to the actual front court of the Knicks. They've been struggling recently with a bunch of injuries. They still are with Randall and Anobi being out. But I do think I'm going to lean to the Knicks here. I like Hardenstein being back. I think this team, in terms of depth, is better than this Philly team, especially after the Knicks end up getting Bogdanovich as well and Burks. I'm going to lean to the Knicks in what should be a very close game. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned it that the Knicks should have a lot of success on the boards here tonight, right? You mentioned Hartenstein is probable here tonight. Preston Chua, I don't think we've talked about him a lot. At least I haven't. Um, I mean, he's been dominating on the boards as well. Over the last five games before the All-Star break, uh, he was averaging 41.4 minutes uh, for this uh, Knicks team. I know some of those games Hartenstein didn't play in, but he's averaging 15.2 points, 11.6 rebounds uh, in those last five games before the All-Star break. Uh, so do expect um, you know them to dominate on the boards, really limit the second-chance opportunities. Uh, for the Philadelphia 76ers. And the Sixers aren't going to have success in this game. It's going to have to be them knocking down shots, whether that's been with Buddy Hill, Tyrese Maxey, uh, Kelly Oubre, like you mentioned as well. So, um, and again, you nailed it with the depth on this team, right? With the pieces that they'd acquire at the trade deadline, did the New York Knicks. So I like the Knicks here catching the point here against the Sixers. Total sitting at 228 in this game here, Scott. Any thoughts on the total? I'm going to lean to the under in this game. It's not exactly a strong opinion, but I'm going to lean to a decent amount of unders just based on the first game after the All-Star break, potential yeah. rust. The Knicks don't play with any pace, and I think the Sixers are going to try to, but based on how the Knicks play and the fact that they are still a very good defensive team, I just think this number's a little bit high. I think it probably lands somewhere in the high 210s, low 220s. So slightly too high to me. I'm going to lean to the under. Yeah, surprisingly, the Knicks were struggling on the defensive end of the basketball uh, prior to the All-Star break. Uh, those last five games were actually the second-worst defensive-rated team. So, you know, Tom Thibodeau... going to be big. Yeah, uh, and, you know, Tom Thibodeau probably drilled these guys saying that, hey, you know, our defense hasn't been there over the last five games. We had a one-in-four record straight up. We're going to win ball games. We got to play defense, and I think that they'll step up uh, here tonight here uh, against the Philadelphia 76ers. Uh, any player props you're looking at here, Scott? Oh, I mean, it, I'm curious what the minutes are going to be for Hardenstein because I like his rebounds, but if I'm wondering if... Do you think he's going to be on a restriction? I don't think so because they had the week off um, and that kind of gave just gave him more 
know, time to rest up and, and get healed up. And maybe they ease him back in, but I don't think there will be like a, a cap on because right now I do see his rebounds at eight and a half, but it's at minus one six. So pretty much around nine and a half. I think I would probably be more comfortable just taking Precious Achua's rebounds at nine. That's and why a half. I was asking. I was, yeah. I was going to pivot depending on if you thought Achua would play a ceiling of 30 minutes in this game. It's a possibility. Yeah. I think so. So I would probably consider Achua rebounds over. I think Brunson's in line for a good game. I don't know who on Philly can guard him. Maxie's not a great defensive player. It is what it is. And they don't exactly have many good defensive guards. Traded away Beverly, you know, to get a little bit more scoring. Campaign's not a great defensive player either. But do you think anybody on this team can stay in front of Brunson? Because I don't. I don't think so either. I think this should be a big game for Jalen Brunson here tonight. Yeah, that's what I'm looking at. And maybe if you want to go for like a Josh Hart RA, that's been pretty good recently. Yeah. Uh, but for the most part, Buddy healed. I don't mind the points for or maybe the points and assists. He's been phenomenal since he joined the Sixers. But I think I'm going to play it relatively safe. Give me the Achua rebounds because I just see a lot of offensive rebounding chances for this Knicks team. And I am going to go with Brunson points. Yeah, I was going to mention uh, Buddy healed assists because he's actually been uh, low-key really good yeah. uh, racking up the assist. Um I don't see that. Oh, actually, I'm sorry. It's at four and a half for Buddy Heald. Um, and so he's at at least six assists um, over the last five games. And he's had at least six assists in all four games that he's played with Philly. He had 10 assists uh, with the, oh, sorry, against the Miami Heat. He had eight assists against the Cavs, six against the Wizards, six against uh, uh, the Hawks in the four games that he's played with the Sixers since the trade. Um, he's actually been filling up the basket as well. I mean, um, 20 points, 23, 24, 22. He's been able to knock down the three-point shot. I'm curious to see what his three-point uh, number is set at. Probably three and a half. Yeah, it's at three and a half minus 110. So, you know, he's done it in all four games with uh, the Sixers uh, since the trade from the Pacers to the Sixers. So, uh, great call there on the points and rebounds. So if you, I don't know if you want to, you guys want to split it up, or you just take points and assists, or just play the assists alone or three points. I think there's a couple options there here uh, for Buddy Hill because I feel like everybody's going to be looking at Tyrese Maxey, but I think Buddy Hill has been really good uh, for this um, Sixers team. Anything else for this game, Scott? Uh, no, I think we basically covered it. All right, next game on the schedule, we got the Detroit Pistons. They are in Indiana to take on the Pacers. Pacers currently sitting as an 11 and a half point favorite in this game with a total of 246 and a half. Looking at the injury report for both of these teams, start here with the visiting team in the Detroit Pistons. Kate Cunningham is probable for this game. Quentin Grimes is doubtful. Uh, Isaiah Hartenstein was uh, listed as questionable. I, de- I did see that he participated in shoot around. I'll double check that uh, for Isaiah. Uh, sorry for Isaiah Stewart uh, for the Detroit Pistons. He was dealing with a left ankle sprain for the Indiana Pacers. Aaron Neesmith is going to be out. He's sitting with a right ankle sprain. Jalen Smith is questionable. He has lower back spasms, uh, and that is pretty much it. Uh, Scott, let's start with the side here. Pacers laying 11 and a half, hosting the Detroit Pistons. Yeah, 11 and a half is a lot of points for a team that doesn't guard anybody, but the Pistons are absolutely atrocious. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm going to lean to the over. I'll start there. I, I yeah. see points, but damn, man, 11 and a half with Indiana is not a fun time. I, Indiana. I think, uh, Sorry, go ahead. No, no, I was just going to mention that the Pistons were actually covering uh, these large spreads on the road. Um, I mean, I tried that go... against the Lakers. It didn't work. I tried. Yeah. But 
I mean, I think Monty Williams is a bad coach. So the question is, Indiana just hosted the All-Star game. We saw Halliburton, I don't want to say get robbed of MVP, but he had a good showing there. Mm-hmm. Mathurin looked good. He won, he won MVP at the Rising Stars Challenge. So there were some active guys for the Pacers. Not the same for Detroit. Uh, I believe they had a nice vacation for about a week and change. Because uh, nobody, I don't think was, I don't think anybody was good enough to actually make it to the weekend. Asar was he in there for the Rising Stars? Oh, that's I, I know Ivy was because no he, he got into it with Matherin. So yeah, that's a fun matchup. You got Ivy against Matherin. We'll see what happens there for player props. But I think I'm going to lean to Indiana. I don't feel great about it. I'd lean to the over, but Indiana's a team that I really have a hard time laying points with because they're just not great defensively. But Detroit, they're bad. They're objectively a bad basketball team. They're the worst team in the league based on record. So I'll lean to Indiana. If the Pistons hang around, would I be shocked? No, but I really don't want to take the Pistons' first game out of the All-Star break. I'll lean to Indiana. Yeah, the Pistons over their last 10 road games are actually 7-3 and three against the spread, but they had lost back-to-back uh or not didn't cover the last two road games. And you mentioned with the Lakers where they were catching what 11 and a half. They lost that game by 14 and then they went into Detroit. Sorry. They went into Phoenix um, made a little interesting at the end, but they still didn't uh, cover that spread where they were a 13 and a half point underdog. And I mean, do we trust the Pacers like laying this big of a number? I understand that, you know, that, Defense is going to be, I think, very optional in this game, especially for the Pistons side, who've just been actually dog shit all season. But I mean, I'll lean with the Pistons. I'm not going to be betting on it. I agree with you about the over in this game. I think we do see points being put up. Uh, I think we see a lot of pace in this game here as well. I don't think Hallie, uh, based on what we saw <laughs> in the All Star game, is going to have any type of minutes restriction anymore. I think he's uh, good to go now. So I do expect him to be out there, you know, for the regular minutes that he was playing prior to, you know, them kind of easing his way back in where the whole quote unquote whole injury management thing, but he did play 34 minutes in each of the last two games before the all-star break against Toronto and the uh, Charlotte Hornets. So expect him to be out there. I don't think we'll see any minutes restrictions for him. Um, let's go over to player props here, Scott. We like, no, Matherin assists at 11 and a half, but based on the minutes, he's probably going to play and the lack of defense in this game in general, I got a lean to the over for the assists on Halliburton. I don't think I really have a choice in that category. Yeah. I think Matherin's going to keep it going. I think him and Ivy are going to keep jawing at each other. But Matherin's still a very solid score. And we do know that after they traded away Bruce Brown and they kind of got rid of some of the depth on the team with Buddy Heald as well, I'm expecting more minutes for Matherin. That's kind of yeah. the reason why they got rid of them. It's because they like Neesmith and what he's done for the last month, rightfully so. And they think that Matherin, who came back from injury can be a nice spark plug and he should get more minutes. So based on that, I think I'm going to lean into that angle. I don't really like any unders in this game. I just see a lot of points. So give me Matherin over for points and I'll go with Halliburton assist. Yeah, he's coming off of two dud games um, in his last or last two Pacers games against the Knicks, 23 minutes, two for six, four points against the Hornets, 15 minutes, 0 for four. Didn't score a single point, uh, but against the Pistons, he's actually been pretty good uh, this season. Uh, two games, he played 31 minutes, 15 points, and then the last game was on December 11th. Uh, I think that was probably without uh, Tyrese Halliburton all look, but he played 37 minutes, 30 points, seven rebounds, eight assists in that game uh, for Matherin. Uh, let me quickly see if Halley played in that game or not. Um he actually did. Halley played uh, 33 minutes, had 14 points, five rebounds, and 16 dimes 
uh, in that game. So do expect um, Matherin to get, like Scott mentioned, more minutes. And I think that he should be ready to go for this game and trying to, you know, erase what we saw or what he saw in the last two games uh, for the uh, Pacers, just having dud of the games. Um, Jalen Dern rebounds. Uh, I think I'm going to go back to that. If you want to play his double double, I saw that minus 130 this morning. That probably number is on the move, but I mean, he's just been in a, a monster rebounding the basketball. We know that Pacers really don't have that front court presence. Miles Turner is there, but I mean, he's not that traditional big man that you see getting the rebounds or defending the paint. But um, I do think that Jalen Dern could have a big night rebounding the basketball here. It's at 11 and a half at uh, plus. 105 currently over on DraftKings. So if you want to get down on that, double doubles around minus 130 as well. Um, yeah, so those were the ones that I was looking at. Anything else you like for player props in this game, Scott? No, you mentioned Duran. I thought about maybe going with a Cade prop for assists, but I don't know if I really want it because Ivy also handles some of the ball handling responsibility. Mm-hmm. I thought about Cade points. He's not a very efficient shooter, so I, I don't know if I actually want him in this game. I don't know. I think I basically kind of summed up the guys I want. All right. Um, Let's get over to the next game on the schedule here. We'll go to the Brooklyn Nets. They are in the six here tonight to take on the Raptors. Raptors are a one-point favorite in this game with a total of 231.5. Looking at the injury report, start here with the Brooklyn Nets. They will be... um, Actually, really healthy. No guys are on the injury report. All systems go. For the Brooklyn Nets, for the Toronto Raptors, plain, clean injury report for them. The only guys that are listed on for both teams are guys that are on uh, G League assignment or two-way deals. So uh, healthy squads here. Scott, uh, your team is catching a point against the Toronto Raptors. What are you thinking? Yeah, both teams are not really backable in my eyes right now, but I'm going to lean to the new coach angle. I'm going to lean to the Nets in the spot. They got Kevin Ollie, who they promoted to be their head coach for now. We'll see how that goes. I know that a lot of Nets fans, including myself, were not big fans of Jock Vaughn's rotations and his lack of consistent minutes for star players. Cam Thomas, I know he's a chucker. The team's not very talented offensively. It is what it is. But his minutes were fluctuating for most of the season. Ben Simmons is healthy, who's been fine for the most part in games he's played recently. Bridges, we know, is one of their better players, so his minutes are pretty much intact. But I do like Dennis Schroeder in this spot. I think he's a massive upgrade over Dimwitty. I'm very anti-Dimwitty. I don't think he's any good. Uh, And I think that Schroeder is actually very solid. So I do think that Schroeder in a revenge game here against Toronto could be in line for a good showing here. I like his assists over in this game. But I am going to lean to the Nets, though. Toronto doesn't guard anybody. The Nets can play some some resemblance of defense. That's good enough for me. I can't really back Toronto just based on how bad they are defensively. But I'm going to lean to the Nets. Give me a nice new coach bump. Yeah, I didn't understand why... I mean, I, I I understand why the line is minus one, but I, I just think overall the, the the Nets are a better team. I mean, they're all healthy. You mentioned the new coach angle as well. Dennis Schroeder is a significantly huge upgrade, uh, like you mentioned, over Spencer Didwitty. Uh, I mean, you already mentioned the revenge angle there as well. So uh, I think the spot where, you know, these guys get up uh, with the new coach, um, you know, boost, I guess we can say, or the angle the Brooklyn Nets I think they do win this game and I, th- I think they can do it by margin if you want to get you know on some alt props or some alt lines here for the Brooklyn Nets I-, I think they do have a good showing here tonight against the Toronto Raptors Raptors have just been so bad I mean it's I mean they made the trades for a reason they're quote-unquote I guess tanking and 
getting ready for the offseason or whatever the case might be. Um, and defensively, they haven't been very good. Over the last three games before the All-Star break, they gave up 119 to the Cavs. They gave up 122 to the Spurs, where they lost that game by 23 points. They gave up 127 um, to the Indiana Pacers. So I think the Brooklyn Nets team total might be worth a look here in this game. Um, you know, just talking about how bad defensively this Toronto Raptors has, um, the defense has been at least, Let's get us over to the total here, Scott. I mentioned the team total for the Brooklyn Nets, but the game total is at 231.5. You any thoughts on that? Uh, I think I'm going to lean over. I don't feel great about it, but Toronto not, has not really guarded anybody recently. The Nets defensively have been okay, but not amazing recently, and I'm expecting some pace in this game. I'm going to lean over. I don't feel great about it, but I see each team reaching 115, so I'm going to lean to the over. Yeah, I like the Brooklyn Nets team total over in this game. I will be playing that uh, against the Raptors here. Uh, player props, anything you're looking at? I don't mind Simmons RA in this game. Uh, I know that it came back to bite me a couple weeks ago against Cleveland, but he's been fine yeah. in most aspects. I mentioned Schroeder. I don't mind his assists in this game as well, or maybe if you want to go for PA. I think he's in line for a good game against the team that traded him about a week in, in change ago. So I am looking at those two. For the, for the Raptors, I'm trying to think of where I want to go with this because Barnes has been disappointing, but recently he's had a little bit of a bump quickly. Assists has been interesting uh, if I wanted to go with that angle, but I don't know. Like, Do you trust Barnes enough for a PRA angle? Because I'm not sure if I do. I think for the from a usage standpount, you sh- I mean, he should put up the numbers. I think um, he should, but I, I just I don't know if I want to. Tr- at 36 and a half PRA, I don't know if I actually want it. Yeah, I think that number is a little inflated for him, especially with um, the Nets having like guys that they, they can throw at him like defensively, right? I know like Mikael Bridges of the world, even if Ben Simmons, I mean, he's still very good defensively as well. So I think they can throw some different looks at him uh, in this game. So until I see Scott, I, he, I mean, he just doesn't look motivated right now. I mean, maybe that changes in the second half of the season. Um, and now, it. yeah, I doubt it as well. But I mean, now like, he knows that the Raptors are going to be building the future of this franchise around Scotty Barnes, right? Because again, no Pascal Siakam, no OG Ananobi, uh, no Fred Van Vliet either. So now the one guy that's left from that, I guess you can say core they had for a couple of years is Scotty Barnes. So let's see if he steps up uh, to the occasion. Um, I do like one more prop, by the way. I am looking yeah, at go ahead. Brown. Uh, yeah, I like I his mention points that. over over nine and a half. He's had at least eleven points in four of the last five games he's played in. I don't know if the Nets' former team angle matters that much because he was he was on a team in between, but maybe it does. Yeah. Point is though, his minutes have been kind of going up recently. Uh, he played thirty-one minutes two games ago. Played twenty-six and change against the Pacers. So his minutes have kind of gone up recently, and I do think he's in line for a pretty decent showing. I'm going to link to Bruce Brown over nine and a half points. The line feels a bit low. Yeah, I like that. Um, I was going to mention uh, Bruce Brown. I also want to mention um, Nick Claxton rebounds. Um, typically, going up against centers uh, or playing center rebounds against the Toronto Raptors has been a pretty profitable angle. I think that the minutes are a little bit of a concern, but I do think that he can get into double-digit uh, double rebounds here. Uh, it's at 9.5. It's at minus 140 right now, but uh, if you want to play his double-double, just play the rebounds. I think that Nick Claxton should have a Big night rebounding here, or if you want to play his blocks here as well, I think that's a, a good angle for Nick Claxton here tonight uh, against the Toronto Raptors. Um, Scott, anything else for this game? Uh, no, I think we basically covered it. 
All right. Uh, before we get over to the next game on the schedule, uh, excuse me, let me tell everyone about our friends over at Hall of Fame Bets. Uh, win bigger by betting smarter this NBA season with Hall of Fame Bets, a sports betting analytics platform for parlays, player props, and game lines. Research every NBA and soccer bet with historical stats and data. Enter any parlay idea into Hall of Fame Bets' revolutionary parlay optimizer tool to get hit rich broken down by leg, as well as an expected probability for the entire parlay. Sort all players by hit rate for any bet to learn which players are hot and which picks have value. Stop betting in the dark and join over 30,000 users with researching with Hall of Fame bets or craft more intelligent data-driven parlays. Download the Hall of Fame bets app or visit hofvets.com and use promo code SGPN to get 50% off your first month today. Start researching, start winning with Hall of Fame bets. All right, Scott, let's keep it rolling here. Uh, next game on the schedule here, we'll go over to the game between the... The Phoenix Suns, they are in Dallas here to take on the Mavericks. As it stands right now, the Mavericks are a one-and-a-half-point home favorite here with a total of 245. Um, looking at the injury report here for, let's start with the Phoenix Suns. Um, Bradley Beal is questionable for this game. He is dealing with a uh, left hamstring tightness. And for the Dallas Mavericks, Luka Dantic is probable. Maxi Kleba is probable. And Derek Lively is also probable. Only player that will be out for the Mavericks is going to be Dante Exum as he recovers from a right knee injury. Um, you know, we know the, I guess, quote-unquote rivalry or maybe, I don't know, beef between Devin Booker and Luka Dantic. But this is going to be the third matchup uh, between these two teams this season. And... um Actually, the road team has won each of the first two games here. So the Mavericks went into Phoenix on Christmas Day. They got the victory there, 128-114. And then just about a month ago, uh, the Phoenix Suns went into Dallas, and they got the 132-109 victory in that game uh, against the Mavericks. And quickly want to see if Luka did play in that game or not. Yeah, so Luka did play. Uh, no Kyrie Irving in that game, but it's a different, completely different starting lineup for the Dallas Mavericks going into this third game in this head-to-head matchup during the regular season here, Scott. So let's start with the side right now, minus one and a half in favor of the Dallas Mavericks hosting the Phoenix Suns. What are you thinking? Uh, well, uh, I think that based on how the first couple of meetings ended up going, Phoenix was able to win the second one, but they were down 20 in the first half before coming back. Dallas has gone off to some slow starts, though, recently, mm-hmm. uh, even with the new core. So I actually don't mind Phoenix first quarter in this game. I think Phoenix <laughs> might get off to a decent start. Having said that, I am annoying to Dallas. I like the move they made at the trade deadline. It seems like they are kind of gelling with Gafford as a true center. They're looking at Washington to give them, giving them some scoring punch. Grant Williams is apparently driving everybody nuts, so the morale's improved with him <laughs> off the roster. But I am annoying to Dallas here. I'm not sure if Beal's going to play or not, but Phoenix, don't get me wrong, they've been playing fine recently, but I still don't exactly like how they... I, I, just, I don't like how they close games at the end of the day. I just think that they're still not a great fourth-quarter team, and I think Dallas can survive a potentially close end game in the spot. So I am in only to Dallas, minus the one and a half. They've won six straight, albeit against weak competition, but still... I think Gafford gives them a whole new dimension, which they needed. They had no rim protection at all. Now they do. I'm going to link to Dallas minus one and a half at home. Yeah, look, uh, Grant Williams, um, the one victory I guess he had when he, while he was with Dallas was he got uh, Satu Sabli's phone number. Uh, I think that was pretty much his highlight <laughs> when he was with the Dallas Mavericks. But, I mean, you mentioned that. We saw the reports and the 
I guess the rumors that came out after he did get traded that he's kind of a nutcase and driving everybody crazy, like you mentioned here. But, you know, we talked about when we, you know, talked about the trades and that Dallas did a great job of adding depth to their roster. And I think that's something that they were lacking a little bit. I think this team is primed to possibly make a run in the Western Conference. You know, if these guys are healthy, when you have two dynamic offensive stars uh, like Luka and Kyrie Irving, um, I I think they're going to be okay here. Uh, I like the Mavericks in this spot. I think Luka has a phenomenal game here. I know he was just kind of having fun and and messing around in the all-star game, but I think they have bigger goals here and it starts here against Phoenix. And I think that he'll rise to this occasion here tonight uh, against the Phoenix Sun. So I like Dallas in the spot, minus one and a half. Total is sitting at 245 in this game here, Scott. Uh, anything on that? Yeah, I'm not taking an under. Uh, these teams can't guard anybody, uh, so I'm going to lean over in this game. The only concern is pace because we know Dallas can play a bit slower uh, with Luka late in games. Same thing with Phoenix. They kind of operate in the half court, but I don't trust either defense in this game. I'm going to lean over. Um. All right. I like the over uh, here as well. I just think that. I mean, you mentioned like even though the Dallas Mavericks may be playing at a slower pace, like they're just so good, like efficiency wise from an offensive standpoint. Um. So, I think that maybe Mavericks team total over. I do think the full game goes over as well. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if both these teams have 120 plus points at the end of the at the end of the game, but. Um, it should be a fun matchup. I do like the over 245 Dallas Mavericks team total over in this game here as well. If they're able to knock down their three-point shots uh, in this game, I think it might be a long night for the Phoenix Suns because, again, it was, I won't, was that first game or second game with Daniel Gafford, and I think it was against the Thunder where they were knocking every shot down. Uh, and then they came back that next game. I think they were a little flat from three-point line, but they came back against the Wizards, I remember, um, in that fourth quarter, and we're able to pull away with the victory. So, um, it, you know, again, look at some three point uh, player props in this game here for the Dallas Mavericks. Would you list as a player props here, Scott? Anything you like? Um, trying to think of what else I want to go with. Luca, monster games expected. Uh, you're assuming yeah. that him is he's going to have a monster game, so you can bet that accordingly. Numbers going to be massive. I'm not going to tell you to not take it. Gafford rebounds I am going to be tempted by in this game. I'm not a big Nurkic guy, uh, but I think that Gafford has been really just instrumental to this team's run that they've had post-trade deadline, and I think that he's in line for a good showing here. Trying to think if I want to go for Kyrie, too. It really just feels like a game full of star power where most of the stars are going to have the uh, spotlight on them, and they're going to perform pretty well. Maybe one no-shows the game, but I think Durant's in line for a good game. I don't know who on Dallas is going to even try to guard him, but good luck. That's all I'm going to say. I'm just going to lean to the main stars in this game. Give me Luka to have a monster game. Uh, give me Durant to have a big game, and I do like Gafford to have good a good amount of rebounds in the spot. Yeah, I think for I mean, I'm on Luca. He's at 31 and a half now. I played at 30 and a half, but I'm just gonna quickly read off what he's done in the last six matchups or last five matchups against the Phoenix Suns here. So 35, 33. He had one game where he, I guess, played three minutes and maybe left with an injury because he didn't score in that game. Uh, but then after that, 34, he had 50 on Christmas Day. And then he had 34 on uh, January 24th, um, earlier in January of this year uh, against the Phoenix Suns. So that number's at 31 and a half right now. So I do expect Luca um, again. Again, he'll get the shot volume. I mean, there's no question about it. So I just think that it'll be a monster game from Luca here tonight. So I do like him over 31 and a half points here tonight uh, against the Phoenix Suns. Um, you mentioned the rebounds. I'm curious to see what the minute allocation is going to be between Derek Lively and um, Daniel Gafford in this game. Um, 
He did play 17 minutes in that game against the Spurs to Derek Lively. And then I think Daniel Gafford came off of the bench and played. I'm sorry, Gafford actually got the start in that game, 23 minutes. He had 10 points and 10 rebounds uh, in that game. So, yeah, I do like the Gafford call here. But I'll be interested to see if that if Gafford is actually going to get the starts now going forward or if it's going to be Derek Lively that's going to be getting in the starts for uh, the Dallas Mavericks. So, Keep that in mind. Um, Nurkic rebounds I don't hate uh, for the Phoenix Suns. He's done a pretty good job this season of rebounding the basketball for the Phoenix Suns here. So it's at 9.5, minus 120. I don't hate that. But other than that, that was what I was looking at. Do you have anything else that you like? No, I think we covered it. Uh, update on my uh, preseason parlay, by the way. I need three yes. more texts from Luca and three more texts from Brooks. So oh, I, yeah, I think... I, I, I think you might get that one. That that one uh, looks a little. What do we have? Like about twenty some odd games left for each of these. I mean, teams, I, so. it's close to like it's close to thirty, but yeah, it's like twenty seven, twenty eight. So yeah. I'm on pace. We'll see. Yeah, you're happens. well on pace. Yeah, for sure. All right, let's get over to the next game on the schedule. We got the Boston Celtics. They are in Chicago here tonight to take on the Bulls. The Celtics are eight and a half point road favorite here with a total of two twenty five and a half. Uh, looking at the injury report for both of these teams, we'll start here with the Boston Celtics. Um, pretty clean injury report. Only player that is on there is Jaden Springer that they acquired from the uh, Philadelphia 76ers. He's in with a right ankle injury. For the Chicago Bulls, uh, Torrey Craig is going to be out. Um, Patrick Williams continues to be out as well for the Bulls team here. So relatively healthy squads here. Uh, full squad here for the Boston Celtics. Let's start with the side here, Boston minus eight and a half uh, in Chicago here tonight. Scott, what do you think? I'm going to lean to Chicago in the spot. For me, it just seems like there's just such a massive talent gap between these teams. I am going to give props to Chicago for remaining somewhat competitive in some of these games. They should have beaten Cleveland, punted away like a 20-point lead in the first half. But Boston is the best team in the league in terms of talent. I said in the Eastern Conference uh, second half preview episode yesterday, I thought they would win probably 64, 65 games yeah. this season with the updated yeah. win total of like 61 and a half or so. So I'm going to lead to Boston here. I just don't think the Bulls have enough firepower to match this team. So I'm going to lean to Boston. Yeah, I think for me, I think with the Celtics, I've been able to trust them at home uh, where they've been one of the best teams in the league as far as winning games. Uh, but they just haven't done a very good job of covering spreads this season, despite them being 26 and three at home and 15 and 14 straight up at home on the road. They're 17 and nine straight up, but they're only 10, 13 and three against the spread on the road this season. So I don't know if they're, I don't think there'll be rust for, for the Boston Celtics. Um, because again, Jason Tatum played a lot of minutes. Jalen Brown played a lot of minutes um, in that all-star game. Um, I don't know. There's just something that tells me that I think the Bulls can backdoor this the uh, backdoor this game where the Celtics win by six or seven points and they cover that eight and a half number right now. Uh, maybe it's a look ahead spot for the Celtics. They go to New York, uh, Madison Square Garden on Saturday night. Um, I don't know if that would be a look ahead spot for them, but I feel like that. I think I think Boston. I'm oh, sorry for the Chicago Bulls. I think they can cover the spread here of eight and a half. Um, total is sitting at 225 and a half. Anything on that? Uh, I don't know. That total feels about right to me, to be honest. 
I don't have much. Yeah, I didn't have much either. It felt kind of spot on here that it could either fall a little bit short of getting to the over, or it like barely gets over this total, right? Where if it's around like two twenty eight, so I don't, I didn't have much either for this game. Uh, anything else? Or uh, excuse me, player props you're looking at? I was trying to think if I actually wanted to make an angle on something because I know Hauser has has a prop available, but I don't know what his minutes are going to be. Uh, but he's at five and a half points and assists. I just want to quickly check the actual minutes played. Um, eh, I mean, no, it's mostly a blowout, though, so I don't think I could actually use that. But he has been playing at least, like, 14 minutes in each of the last, like, 10 games. So he actually has been uh, getting some run recently. So yeah. I actually don't mind a really sneaky play on Hauser points and assists over five and a half. If he's going to play 14 minutes or so, two threes, you win. That's good enough for me. So that's kind of a... I've, that's kind of a like in the weeds play, uh, just something that I see one book has, uh, which I thought about. I know DeRozan's been good recently. Uh, he's gone over 23.5 points in five straight, eight of the last 10. You can find 23.5 at minus 108 if you want to take that. So I think that might be potentially intriguing. Boston's always tricky because they have so many guys who can score. So you have to try to guess which option you want to take. Uh, you know, Derek White threes is my guy, but I think DeRozan might be in line for a decent game. Yeah, I think I was looking at Vucevic rebounds. Um, it's at, I think, 11 and a half is where I saw it last. Let me just double check here. Um, actually, 10 and a half at minus 130. I don't hate that. I know he didn't get there against the Celtics in the last game where he finished with eight rebounds. But prior to that, he was doing a phenomenal job. A rebound the basketball against the Boston Celtics. Um, just quickly reading it off here. So 23, 12, 13, 13. And then last game, like I mentioned, he only had eight points and eight rebounds in that game. So if you want to go Vucevic rebounds at uh, 10 and a half, I, I don't hate that for uh, him here tonight against the Celtics. Other than that, um, not much else for me in this game. You have anything else? Uh, no. All right, next game on the board. We'll go over to the game between the Los Angeles Clippers. They are... In Oklahoma City here tonight to take on the Thunder. Uh, Thunder are currently laying one point in this game with a total of 236. Uh, looking at the injury report for both of these teams here, I'll start here with the Clippers. Uh, if I can find them, where are the Clippers? See, both teams are fully healthy. Yeah, prim- yeah, they're, they're pretty much healthy. I don't see, I don't know why they don't see one there, but yeah, I mean, I, last night I was looking at it, I didn't see much uh, for injury as far as either one of these teams. So healthy squads here. Uh, it's going to be a big matchup here tonight, Air Scott. I mean, these two teams are separated by half the game in the Western Conference standings. Currently, the Thunder are the number two seed. Uh, they have a half a game lead over the Clippers, uh, who are sitting there as three seed here. So uh, maybe some seeding implications here for both of these teams here, but should be a fun matchup. Thunder laying a point here, hosting the Clippers, Scott. What do you think? So I've seen these teams play a couple of times this season. I actually watched those games. I like the over. I don't know why there's so much money coming on the under. Both teams are healthy, mm-hmm. and each of the first two meetings ended up breaking 240. So I don't know why I'd assume this game's going to go under. OKC plays up tempo. They don't really guard anybody. Clippers can guard, but they also don't mind getting into a shootout. So I see points in this game. I think it's an interesting matchup because I've seen the Clippers struggle a lot against small ball lineups, and I do think that OKC can exploit that. Uh, because Zubak is a little bit too slow, in my opinion, for this game. So I can see Zubak getting into some serious just trouble, just staying on the floor in this game. I think I'm going to lean to OKC. 
I think it's going to be a close game. Going to come down to the wire. If Kawhi goes nuts, then Kawhi goes nuts. We'll see what happens. Gordon Hayward's coming back. We'll see if he has any role in this game. We'll see. But either way, I think I'm just going to lean to the Thunder at home. Not really a strong opinion. I like the over as my favorite play in this game. But give me a close game. I think OKC at home, though, gets it done. So I'm going to lean that way. Um. Yeah, I mean, you it's really a toss-up, right, though, that- on the side. Yeah, again, and the books are expecting this to come down to the wire, right? I mean, it's a minus one uh, one point spread in favor of the Thunder here. So, um, and prior to the All-Star break, these were two defenses that were absolutely struggling. Um, you know, going into that All-Star break, I think that both teams were bottom three defensive rated-wise over the last five games uh, prior to the All-Star break. Uh, yeah, Clippers were the fourth worst, I'm sorry, and then the Thunder were the fifth worst. So, um uh, again, with all the offensive talent, I think on both sides, especially for the Clippers, I do think that they'll have success uh, in this game here as well. Um, I'll, I'll lean with the Clippers here. I think this number was at minus two yesterday, if I'm not mistaken, and now it's at minus, or sorry, yeah, one now for the Thunder. So uh, I do think the Clippers come into this game. I think they'll have a lot of success on the offensive side here. James Harden has been playing really well. I know Kawhi missed the final game before the All-Star break with the abductor injury, but he was out there playing in the All-Star game. Same thing with Paul George. Um, so these guys are healthy, and like you mentioned. So I'll take the Clippers here plus the one. I Again, I agree with you about the over in this game here as well. Player props, anything you're looking at? Uh, for this game, trying to think of just, can I see a world where Shade does not go crazy? Not really. No, like maybe if the Clippers start doubling, but I don't think they're going to. I like the over, so I'm just going to go with a pretty standard uh, Shea and Jalen Williams phenomenal combo game between the two of them. I think they're in line to combine for maybe 55 plus, 60 plus. We'll see what happens. But I do like Chet under for blocks in this game. The Clippers really take a lot of jump shots, and that's going to neutralize Chet's overall rim protection. So I like Chet Mm -hmm. under for blocks. Yeah, I was probably looking at, um, or was looking, Looking at Harden assist in this game. Um, don't uh, my screen is just went out on me, but uh, I think again Harden has been really good for this Clippers team. I know there was a stretch there when they first made the trade. That's trying to Lou was trying trying Lou was trying to figure out the rotations and, and things like that um, for uh, for this uh, Clippers team. But he's done a phenomenal you, you, job. You said of, Harden assist. Yeah, Harden assist. It's at eight, it's what, at eight, eight and a half, nine and a half. Yeah, eight and, eight and a half. And I half. like it. Yeah. All right. I'll take that. Um, yeah, but other than that, I think SGA has a big game here as well for the uh, Thunder. So do see a lot of points. JR pointing out uh, Clips roll. He likes Westbrook double double at plus 1650. Um, yeah, I don't hate that either. All right. Anything else for this game? No, not really. All right. We still got uh, five more games to get to here let's go over to the game between the houston rockets they are taking on the pelicans here on the road pelicans currently sitting as a seven point home favorite with a total of 229 uh looking at the injury report for both of these teams for the houston rockets fred van vliet will return for them uh cam whitmore is back as well uh reggie bullock is questionable for this game tari easton continues to be out for the rockets as well for the New Orleans Pelicans, um, Dyson Daniels, we know, is going to be missing some time here. Brandon Ingram is questionable. He is dealing with a non-COVID-related illness. Cody Zeller is also questionable for this game. He is dealing with a left knee contusion. Um, 
Charlotte Sodgers got seven points in favor of the home team, the Pelicans, hosting the Rockets. Yeah, I'm just going to lean to New Orleans. I'm not going to spend much time on this. It's Houston on the road. I think that's kind of enough said, isn't it? Yeah, uh, this team just, uh, I don't know what it is on the road. They just just cannot figure it out. I mean, I think case in point, their last game before the All-Star break where they went into Memphis as a four-point, I think they were yeah, favored in that game by four and just laid an egg. I don't know if they were just looking forward to the All-Star break or being without some guys, but I just think that if this game was at home, it would be a different story. I would be on the Rockets here, but like you mentioned, since it's on the road, they just have been absolutely atrocious. Just to compare the numbers, 19 and nine straight up at home for the Rockets, 18, nine and one against the spread on the road this season, five and 21 straight up nine, 16 and one against the spread for the Rockets. So Pelicans here for me as well. Um, total to what I mentioned two twenty nine. any thoughts on the total. I think I'm going to lean under because I just don't trust Houston's ability to actually score. New Orleans defensively has a certain gear, which hasn't been a little bit inconsistent recently, but they do have a gear defensively. Both teams do. I see a physical type game here. I think this line's a bit high. I'm going to lean to the under. Yeah, a division game here as well, right? So um, I think that for the Rockets, it's their success was early on in the season that they were playing really good defense. And, you know, Emi Yudoka has said that defense has to be priority for this team if they want to win any ball games. And we talked a lot about the Pelicans, right? They have... The length on this team, uh, Herb Jones, Trey Murphy, Jose Alvarado coming off of the bench, Valanchunas inside, giving them the rebounding. Um, Zion can rebound the basketball as well. So uh, I think that this will be a, a a tough physical matchup here. So I do expect this game to go under the 229. Any player props you're looking at? I'm trying to think of which angle I want to go with because I can see Valanchunas having a really good rebounding game. But I just hate the amount of minutes he plays to just bet rebound props because he has to get yeah. so many rebounds such a little of such a small amount of time. I'm trying to think of what angle I actually want here. I think Zion's in line for a very good matchup. I, I don't know how Houston's going to guard him. Shangun mm-hmm. is not objectively a good defensive player. And Jabari Smith has the height. He doesn't have the weight at all. So I think Zion's in line for a good game. But we know he can be inconsistent because effort is not always there for him. So probably Zion. I think he's in line for a good game here. Uh, just quickly thinking if there's anybody else I want. I mean, Dylan Brooks threes was good against the Knicks, but he's been, I mean, you've been following the Rockets. Amon Thompson rebounds has been solid, but Van yeah. Vliet is going to be back in the lineup. So yeah. I don't know if that's going to expect a bit of, I'm assuming Amon's going to play less minutes, even though he's been solid. So I can't yeah. even take that anymore. Um, yeah. You have any props you like in this game? Um, so Valanchunas has had at least nine rebounds in one, two, three, four, five, six straight matchups against the Rockets. He's at eight and a half at minus 135. Um, he had a really good game in that last matchup against the Rockets where he scored 25 points and 14 rebounds. Um, so I, I, I wouldn't talk you off of Valanchunas rebounds in this game, but you're like, you mentioned that the minutes are a concern. Um, Jabari Smith, you mentioned there as well. I trust him more because I know that he's going to get the minutes at least. For the Rockets, um, he uh, he didn't have a great game in his last game against the Pelicans, where he only had he played 22 minutes, but only had one rebound, 0 for six from the floor. So I do think that he can bounce back here. Um, it'll be interesting to see. That's something I want to keep an eye on, like you mentioned, whether if if Thompson is going to get the minutes uh, now with Fred Van Vliet being back. Uh, Dylan Brooks also turns into Steph Curry in the fourth quarter uh, for whatever reason. Um, 
but his three point, I mean, the attempts we know are always going to be there for Dylan Brooks. He's going to chuck just, it. So yeah, he's going to chuck it no matter what. I mean, he got 17 shots. I mean, he's been averaging 15.8 shot attempts for the last five games. And maybe also that's going to drop that, a Van Vliet though. Cause then yeah, exactly. Too, yeah. So um, I would look at Jabari Smith. I would look at Valanciunas rebounds here as well. But I think my, my eyes really going to be on the amount of minutes that Thompson is going to be getting with Fred Van Vliet and also Cam Whitmore being back for this team as well. If you want to play Cam Whitmore, um points i think that was at 11 and a half um he's started to get the more he's starting to get the minutes now uh, i know he was injured over the past a week or so for the uh, rockets but he's getting around 20 minutes per game he's again he's getting the shots up as well he's been a double digit um shot attempts for the rockets in those minutes or he's only giving about 20 minutes per game so i think that's an angle that you probably want to look at uh for kim whitmore and he also gets up the shots from the three-point line as well he shouldn't get 43.3 percent over the last five games so uh yeah, a couple of player props there. I'll probably we on can win more here tonight for sure at 11 and a half. You have anything else for this game? Yeah, I'm going to link to Zion under five and a half assists as my last play. He's gone under this number in six of his last eight. And against Houston, in the last two meetings, he's really not done much assist-wise. He had four assists in the December meeting, and he had one assist in the November meeting. But five and a half for a team that's top four in preventing assists per game, the line feels a bit high to me. I'm going to link to the under on Zion assists. All right, uh, let's get over to the next game on the schedule. We got the Washington Wizards. They are headed to the Mile High City to take on uh, the Denver Nuggets. Currently, as it stands, the Nuggets are a 15-point home favorite here with a total of 232. Looking at the injury report for the Washington Wizards, uh, pretty clean injury report. Only Isaiah Livers is on there. For the Denver Nuggets, KCP is probable. He was dealing with a right hamstring uh, injury. Uh, Jamal Murray is probable as well for this game. And yeah, pretty much it. So relatively healthy squads here, uh, Scott. Denver laying 15 at home, hosting the Washington Wizards. What are you thinking? I'm taking the points. I think 15 is too big. Uh, the Wizards are really bad. They're only one game ahead of the Pistons after Kuzma talked all that crap about Detroit. They're only one game better, so keep it, keep an eye out there, Kuzma. Uh, but the Wizards have been losing, but they've been kind of competitive in some of these games against good teams. Yeah. I'll look at the Wizards the last couple of games. They've lost eight straight. Each of the last five losses were by less than nine points, and the Nuggets have also not won a game by 16-plus points in 17 straight. So Denver wins games. Not by margin. I believe they won the first meeting by nine this season. 15's massive. I'm going to take the points here. Yeah, um, I've been on this Wizards Road ATS train um, over the past several games, and it's worked out very well. But you mentioned it there. The, the wins haven't been there overall for the season for the Washington Wizards. They're 6-22 and 22 straight up on the road. They're 18-9-1 against the spread. They're covering 66.7%. Uh, of their um, road games here. So I think that, yeah, I'm with you on the plus 15 here for the Wizards. If you see the Wizards in that fourth quarter within a couple of points there, I think that might be an opportunity for you to get on Denver because this team just absolutely shits the bed trying to close out games or uh, whatever the case might be. We saw it against Dallas. We've seen it against numerous opponents uh, on the road this season, but they do a great job of covering these uh, large spreads. And I, they've now covered, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven straight games on the road. And their last three games, they were favored. Uh, the Celtics were favored by 18. They won. Uh, they lost that game only by four against the Mavericks. They were favored by 12. They won that game, or sorry, lost that game by eight. And then the last game against the Pelicans, 
14 and a half point uh, road underdogs. They only lost that game by seven. So again, covering spreads, but they're just not winning the game here. So I'm with you. Wizards plus the 15 here. I love that total sitting at 232 in this game here. Scott, any thoughts on the total? Not really. Like I know Washington wants to play fast. They don't guard anybody. Denver, I can see a world where Washington struggles to score, and I can see a world where they just go up tempo and it turns into a track meet. So I think I'm just going to lean over. Like I don't think Washington's going to be able to keep it close by stopping anybody. So I guess I'm leaning to the over because I think Washington does enough offensively to keep it close. Not really a strong opinion as well. I'll lean over. Yeah, I'm going to lean over here as well. Um I think the Wizards can do their part of scoring here. We know how efficient, despite Denver not being a fast-paced team, um, they're very they efficient. They might be forced into it because the Wizards are so bad in transition defensively. They might be forced into it. Yeah, and but. Jokic has just been absolutely phenomenal. I'll, I'll, we'll get to player props here in a second here, but um, they're just so good offensive, like efficiency-wise, even though they don't really have to play at a fast pace. There's spurts where they do get up and down the floor. Like we see Jokic trying to, you know, wiggle his way up the court or, or, you know, make those long passes down the court and, and get some easy points. So I, I do like the over in this game, 232 right now. Uh, play the over on that. Player prop, Scott, what are you looking at? I think I'm going to start off with Avdia, who's been really, really good for this yeah. Wizards team. Yeah. Uh, he's had at least eight rebounds in four of the last five. So if you want to think the over seven and a half rebounds at plus 105, the issue is against the Nuggets, he has been okay at rebounding he had eight rebounds exactly in each of the last two meetings so once again seven and a half a plus 105 is pretty appealing gafford's not there anymore so maybe you want to take a bagley angle uh but i do think that avdia who had 15 rebounds against new orleans they have mm-hmm. a lot of size seven against dallas not exactly ideal 13 against philly 11 against boston eight against cleveland like even against good rebounding teams he puts up rebounding numbers I don't mind Avdia. Maybe double-double. Maybe if you want to go up to 10-plus for rebounds. I might save that for later in the show, but Avdia 9.5, the over for the rebounds, is set at 265. It's a really nice price. I think Avdia rebounds, maybe PR. I think it's worth a look. I And I was going to mention, I've been on his PR the last two games since the trade for Gafford. Um, that, number one, he's getting the minutes. Uh, I know Kuzma missed. I think that was the pelicans game if i'm not mistaken but despite that I, we know jordan Poole has been atrocious like he's not even in the conversation anymore about his points prop and it's now been the denny obvia show that coming off a career high 43 points against the new orleans pelicans you mentioned the rebounds here as well double digit rebounds in three of the last four games um and the market again still has not adjusted to his pr because the last two games where i did play against dallas and the pelicans um sorry the mavericks and the pelicans um it was at 21 and a half three he had yeah. 43 points last game. And they only bumped it up by one uh, stat here. It's at 22 and a half. So I'm going to be back on Denny Avdia here tonight. Again, he's going to get the minutes. You mentioned the rebounds. He's had 20 plus points in four straight games. He had that career high 43 point game against the Pelicans. Uh, yeah, I think there's a great angle here. You get on Denny Avdia points and rebounds. I'll be on that 22 and a half. Jokic has been absolutely phenomenal. Uh, against this wizard team again that's because they really don't have much of a front court um i mean if you just kind of go through his numbers over the last five games it's just been absolutely uh amazing on what Jokic has been able to do so last five games against the wizards he's averaging 34.6 points per game 14 rebounds and eight assists he hasn't had a triple double uh, any of those five games so if you want to play like a points and rebounds um 
uh, as well for Jokic. I think that's a good angle. Uh, but I think I'm just going to be on his rebounds here tonight. That number, I believe, was at 11 and a half, 11 and a half or 12 and a half. Let me double check here. Uh, Jokic rebounds is at 12 and a half, but I do like that here. So Jokic rebounds for me, and you mentioned Denny Avdia. 100% agree with you on that. Any other player props you're looking at? I thought about Bagley in some capacity just based on the fact that Jokic is really not a great defensive center. And you're looking at the minutes that that uh, Bagley's been playing last couple games. He played 28 and 30 uh, shot attempts, though, have been fine. He had 14 shot attempts last game. He only made six of them. But the point is the volume's there. So Bagley points is at 12 and a half. I don't mind that. I lean for the over on Bagley. Any concern that he may get into foul trouble? The thing is, Jokic doesn't go to the foul line ever. So I, yeah, I don't even true. know if it does matter. Like, that's the thing is you assume, oh, he's going to get killed out there. Probably. But Jokic doesn't attempt many free throws, so probably not in foul trouble. If it was Embiid, uh, he'd be in foul trouble in two minutes. But yeah. it's Jokic, I don't know. I'll throw out one more here. Tyus Jones assist. Um, that's been really good. He's he's my guy. Yeah, he's been at it's at seven and a half right now. He's at eight or more in six straight games. He's had fifteen or um, he had sixteen against the Mavericks. He had fifteen against the Pelicans. Uh, in that game, so seven and a half is a number right now for Tyus Jones. I, I like that here as well. There's a lot of good uh, opportunities for same game parlay uh, for this game between the Wizards and the Nuggets here. So I'll throw that last one out there. Anything else for this game here, Scott? No, I think we covered it. All right, three games left here. Let's go to the game between the Charlotte Hornets. They are in Salt Lake City to take on the Jazz. Jazz currently laying nine and a half points here against the Hornets. Uh, total is sitting at 228 and a half. Looking at the injury report for the Charlotte Hornets, LaMelo Ball is going to be out here. Um, Mark Williams continues to be out as well. And those are the significant names for the Charlotte Hornets. For the Utah Jazz, pretty clean injury report. Only guys on there are guys on two-way deals with the G League here. So Utah laying nine and a half, hosting the Charlotte Hornets. Scott, what do you think? Give me Charlotte plus the points, and I'll lean to the money line. The spread is absurd. Uh, Utah, I understand at home, they're a solid team. I get that. They also lost four straight games. It was against good competition, I'll admit, but they can't guard anybody. Uh, You're looking at Utah's defense over the last couple of games. Utah allowed at least 129 points in each of the last four, and Charlotte was in good form. Traded away Gordon Hayward. Trey Mann's been really good for this team. I like his player props. I'll mention that in a second. But the spread's massive. Utah doesn't guard anybody. I'm not going to lay nine half of the team that doesn't guard anybody. And the Hornets, once again, are in good form. So I'll fade the team that's won four straight. I mean, that's lost four straight. Laying nine and a half. Give me Charlotte. Yeah, I mean, Utah, before the All-Star break, I mean, they were one of the worst defenses. And, I mean, they were giving up the points. I think it was like you mentioned the four straight losses there. They gave up 129 points at minimum. In all four of those games, I know, like you mentioned, it was against some of the better competition and better offenses like the Phoenix Suns, uh, the Warriors, the Lakers. That was a game without LeBron, I believe. Um, and then against the Warriors, they gave up 140. Um, Warriors almost, almost gave that game away. Uh, I think you mentioned that John Collins threw that ball into the stands. But mm. I mean, again, if you're not able to fix your defensive woes, uh, even against a team like Charlotte, um, it, I don't think that you should be warranted to be a nine and a half point favorite here. So I'm with you. Hornets plus the nine and a half here. Team total over for the Charlotte Hornets as well. Until I see the defense improve for this Utah Jazz team, um, I, I cannot uh, back them, especially 
laying almost close to double digits here. So um, do like the over for this game. Uh, I don't think that, um, like I mentioned, for this Jazz team, they defensively they just haven't been very good. Three-point defense has been atrocious. They're giving up 17 and a half three-pointers made over the last five games. Uh, the percentage is through the roof as well. So expect Miles Bridges, Brandon Miller, those guys to get up their shots here and knock them down here as well. But I do think that uh, we'll see a lot of points being put up in this game. So uh, full game over. I do like the Hornets team total over here as well here. Scott, what are you thinking? Yeah, uh, I like the over as well. I'll lean to Trey Man assists. It's at five and a half. Over is about minus 140. He's gone over in every game with the Hornets. So I'm going to keep riding it. I think yep. Bridges threes is worth consideration. Same thing with Brandon Miller. But yeah. The Hornets aren't that bad. Like they were really, really bad. And then they traded away Hayward and then gave some younger guys some run. OKC gave them Trey Mann, and apparently Trey Mann's what they needed. And Grant Williams has been decent. So mm-hmm. yeah, I'm just gonna lean to the Hornets until they fail me because they've been good. Yeah, and like it's this part of the season we're kind of going forward in where I think the books haven't caught up caught up to some of these guys, right? You just mentioned like Trey Mann, for example, in this game for the Hornets. We talked about at volume Sandy Avdia. So I think these are the right now the opportunities that we have to take advantage where the market is not going to be catching up to some of these players that are under the radar guys, right? Like Trey Mann, like that's not an, a name that the books probably know there. Uh, I mean, we know him because we follow the game. We're looking at the box scores and stuff, and he's putting up the numbers. But I think this is the time right now that we have to take advantage of uh, of these player props here. So, yeah, I agree with you. Three-point props. I mean, whether, like you mentioned, whether it's Brandon Miller, Miles Bridges, if you want to throw Grant Williams in there as well, I think that they do have success from the three-point line here to the Charlotte Hornets. Um, any other player props? No, I think I covered it. All right, let's keep it rolling here. Next game on the schedule, we'll go over to the L.A. Lakers. Uh, they are in the Bay Area to take on the Warriors. Warriors currently sitting as a six-point favorite in this game with a total of 242. Looking at the injury report for the L.A. Lakers, the big name, LeBron James, is going to be out. He's dealing with a sore right ankle. Um, Cam Reddish is questionable for this game, and so is Max, uh, Max Christie. Um, Jared Vanderbilt continues to be out. Christian Wood is going to miss about two weeks, and Gabe Vincent continues to be out as well. And Anthony Davis is probable for this game for the Lakers. For the Golden State Warriors, pretty simple. Chris Paul continues to be out. He should be back sooner rather than later. And Gary Payton II is questionable for this game. He is dealing with an illness. So um, no LeBron. A lot of the depth missing here for the Lakers here, Scott. Uh, Can you make a case for the Lakers, or are you rolling with the Warriors? I can make a case because the Warriors blow over 15-point lead. So it's a spot where they're laying a bunch of points and they can't close games. So... They had the phenomenal double overtime game, which landed in the 280s. But in regulation, mm-hmm. that game actually only landed 236. So the total feels too high to me. I like the under in the game. Uh, with LeBron being out, you could argue maybe they'll play faster, the Lakers. But mm-hmm. that feels a little bit high. I, I just think that total should be a little bit lower than what it is. Yep. I'm going to lean to Golden State. I'm wondering how the Lakers, just energy-wise, are going to look post-All-Star break after a layoff on the road. Might be underwhelming. Uh, but I think I'm going to lean Golden State. Not really a strong opinion because they're so bad late in games. I wouldn't mind the third quarter. Go back to the bread and butter for Golden State. But I am going to look at the under for the full game on the total. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm on the Warriors here, minus the six. I know this number was around four. I want to say four, four, four and, and a half, half I think. Yeah, yeah, for the LeBron news. Um, so maybe we may have missed the number. But again, he already had popped up questionable. I think he said himself after the All-Star game that 
you know, he wasn't sure if he was going to play in this game or not. But you also take a look at the schedule for the Lakers. They have San Antonio tomorrow night, and then they, I think they play another game on Sunday. So, you know, maybe just sitting this one out. But I think obviously this game is a little bit more, more important when you take a look at the Western Conference standings because these two teams are separated by, I want to say, a couple games as far as the play in tournament bracket. So, if I talk about the Warriors at volumes, you know, before the All Star break, that they were playing great basketball, right? Steve Kerr finished out, uh, figured out the rotations. Clay Thompson not coming off of the bench for you. Uh, they won five out of the last six games, right? Six out of the last seven games. They've covered six out of the last seven games as well. The only one that they did drop was against the Clippers. But um, there's going to be an important stretch for both teams. I think the Warriors. Um, take advantage of this opportunity. They have the Lakers tonight. They play Charlotte tomorrow night. And then they have a, a stretch of the Denver Nuggets, Washington Wizards, Knicks, Raptors, and then Celtics uh, for the Warriors. So I like the Warriors here. I think they do get this victory here, um, uh, probably by double digits. Uh, so I'll be on the Warriors here. You mentioned the under. I, I agree with you. I think that the Warriors um, defensively have been better. Um, I think the Lakers, even without LeBron, um, the thing that worries me is that some of their main defenders, like you can talk about the Jared Vanderbilts of the world and mm-hmm. um, the Cam Reddish's of the world. Total under, for example. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's yeah. a great call there. So the Lakers team total under, I think that's a good call. Uh, player props, anything you're looking at? Uh, I think Curry's going to have a pretty good game. Uh, I know Pajemski has been solid since joining the starting lineup. So he might be yeah. in line. If with LeBron being out, are we just assuming D'Lo takes like 18, 20 shots? So the angle for D'Lo has been that, number one, he is getting the shots up uh, without LeBron in the lineup. He also racks up the assist as well. So if you want to play both uh, points and uh, assist, or if you just want to play either or, I, I think it just really has to be D'Lo. I mean, outside of him, like, who is it going to be? I don't know. Yeah, uh, so I'm going to look for D'Lo props. I think he's in line. The problem is the assists are at seven and a half. Uh, which it makes sense, but nah, I think that's too inflated after what happened in the last couple games against Utah, for example, where he had like 17. I don't mind D'Lo threes. I think once again, he's going to be chucking the ball a lot in this game. Uh, yeah. I, I do like Kaminga rebounds in this game. I just think okay. that Kaminga is going to be very active, and he does bring a lot of energy and athleticism that the Warriors need. Uh, trying to think of what else I'm really tempted by. Um, I'll, I'll go back to your D'Lo part. Um Seven games this season without LeBron, he's had eight or more assists in all seven of those games, and he's had double-digit assists in five of the seven games without LeBron this season. Okay. Well, either way, I'm kind of just going to sit back and enjoy the game for the most part. Yeah, I, I will be on D'Lo assist here if you want to sprinkle on the double-double for him for him here tonight. Um, the minutes are going to be there for D'Lo. Like, like you mentioned, Scott, that he's going to chuck up the ball as well. He's averaging 17.3 attempts without LeBron in the lineup. Um, so I think there's an opportunity. I think everybody's going to pivot to the obvious square play that will be Anthony Davis. I think Anthony Davis will probably have a good game on the uh, boards, at least, uh, against his Warriors team. But um, I think that the D'Lo, or maybe a Rui Yashimura prop, maybe he gets a start here as well. Uh, in place of LeBron here. So a couple of angles are that if you want to pivot away from a guy like Anthony Davis in place of uh, of not having LeBron on the, on the at least for this game for the Lakers. Anything else? No, that's basically it. All right, last game of the night, the San Antonio Spurs. They are in Sacramento to take on the Kings. Kings currently laying nine points against the Spurs in a total of 240 and a half. Injury report for the San Antonio Spurs. They are going to be pretty clean. I mean, it's a lot of guys that are on two-way G League deals. 
they know I think they what traded for Marcus Morris uh, senior, but he's not with the team. Probably going to be a buyout candidate for the Sacramento Kings. No, Demonis Sabonis is officially doubtful here for tonight. He's dealing with an illness, but I did think that he did get ruled out. Um, and that is pretty much it here. So Kings laying nine points against the San Antonio Spurs here, Scott. I'm confused why Sabonis is injured. He was a snub from the All-Star game. <laughs> like he, uh, he had an extra he had, he had an extra week and change to do nothing. Now apparently he has an illness, so we'll see what yeah, happens with him. Yeah. I see Fox is questionable, uh, but I'm assuming he's going to suit up in this game. Uh, but we'll see. I mean, the Spurs are terrible, but Sabonis is such a big part of what this team does. I, I might link to San Antonio here. Like, I don't feel great about it at all, but Sabonis is such a key piece to that team offensively. And we know defensively they're a lost cause. So I think I'm going to link to San Antonio here, assuming Sabonis doesn't play. Isn't Wemby just going to have an insane mismatch against anybody? Like, who are you going to use? Alex Len? That was my question to you. Like, who cards Wemby in this game? That I think that Trey Lyles gets the start in place of Sabonis. But if it's Alex Len, good luck. I mean, when rebounds, I maybe wouldn't mind if props get posted for him, but I don't. I I feel like once again, the Kings, everything they run is just based through Fox and Sabonis. And Sabonis has had so many triple doubles. He should have been an All Star. He being out's a big deal. I'm gonna link to San Antonio. Yeah, I'm taking the points here with San Antonio. Uh, this feels like a lot of points here for the Sacramento Kings, who are gonna be without their. Second best player, we can say. I know De'Aaron Fox has been kind of inconsistent this season. You can argue this think. season their best player. You can make the argument. Yeah, yeah, hundred um, percent. So I'm with the Spurs here. I just think that this might be a massive game here for uh, for Wimby here tonight. Um, but yeah, give me the plus nine here. Sprinkle a little bit on that money line uh, for the Spurs. You know, we've seen crazier things happen in the association this season. Um, total, Scott, two forty and a half. Any thoughts on that? I think I'm still going to lean over because the Kings are going to play fast and the Spurs are going to play fast and I just see a bunch of points, so I'm going to lean over. Yeah, I think Spurs team total over makes sense to me, but I can't argue against your full game total. Uh, it'll be interesting to see um, like who steps up outside of De'Aaron Fox. I know that could be a Keegan-Murray game. or um, I would just assume the ball handlers with Fox and Monk are just going to have the ball in their hands the entire yeah, time. Yeah, I was going to mention yeah, Monk there as well. Um, all right, any player props outside of Wimby that we talked about that you like? Well, I mean, Wemby, I also like the blocks for him, uh, but Wemby should be in line for a big game here. Um, I do like Monk. I'm trying to see if I can quickly find what his actual points number is, so I'm quickly just looking for it. Um, uh, for Monk, I see... Where'd it go? Uh, I see Monk 19 and a half. Is at 19 and a half. I'm going to lean yep. over. He's gone over in four of the last five. He's dominated the Spurs in the head-to-head. I believe he's gone over in three of the last four against San Antonio. Now Stavonis is out, so you're looking at what should be an even bigger usage number for Monk, who's going to play 30 minutes, give or take. Yeah, give me Monk for points over at 19 and a half. Yeah, uh, can't argue against that. Um and I mentioned Len before rebounds if Sabonis is out and they give you Len props, but we'll wait and see about that. Yeah, I don't I don't see Len listed yet. I don't see Lyles either. So it'll be interesting to see who starts. Wimby over 23 and a half points. Uh if you want to tag the points and rebounds over for him. Uh, I think that again, like we mentioned, he should have a big game here tonight uh against the Sacramento Kings. Anything else, Scott, for this game? Uh no. 
All right, that was the last game on the schedule here. Uh, 12 games uh, in the books. Let's get over to our lock and dog, and then we'll do our underdog fantasy entry here for tonight. Uh, you want to lead us off? Sure. Uh, for my lock, I think I actually am going to go back to that Hornets game we talked about against Utah. Give me the Hornets uh, plus the nine and a half. I'm not laying nine and a half with Utah. They've allowed 129 plus points in four straight. They can't guard a traffic cone. And Charlotte's won three straight. Uh, I know that it was against some weak competition. Atlanta's a joke. We know that. They won the game by 20. But I think Bridges can have a big game. Miller can. Trey Mann's been a good point guard for this team. I just think Utah is not good enough defensively to fully trust to win games by margin. So I'm going to go with the Hornets plus the 9.5 as my lock. For my dog, I think I am going to go back to Avdia uh, for the rebounds in that game. I'm going to go with the alt number I did mention before. I'm trying to think if I will actually want double-double or if I want to go for the rebounds alone. Uh, let me just quickly see uh, what the price disparity is for the rebounds and the double-double. Uh, because double-double, I believe I said the, the 10 rebounds was like 265, I think. But I'm quickly just trying, trying to see what I could find for double-double. Uh, Avdia double-double is basically the same number. So that's not even worth my time. Give me yeah. Avdia over nine and a half rebounds, which you can currently find at, I believe, plus 265. I'm going to quickly check once again to see if that's the right number. Uh, but nine and a half, uh, I found 260. So give me the 260 on Avdia to get 10 plus rebounds. 15 rebounds against New Orleans, 13 against the, the uh, Sixers, 11 against Boston. Uh, you're looking at the minutes. He's played at least 39 minutes in three of the last four games. I think he's in line for a big game there. Give me off the over nine and a half rebounds. Love it. Uh, all right. For my lock, I'm actually going to stay in the same game. Uh, give me the over in this game, 228 and a half. I think that, this number is a little conservative. Um, it was at 230 and a half last night. That seen money come in on the under. But again, my, my question is: would be, would, is there a reason why you want the full game over as opposed to the Hornets team total? Um, I think both. I think both will hit. Uh, but what's the number for the Hornets? One hundred eight and a half is what I see. I'm just wondering because Charlotte did a pretty good job against Atlanta and against Indiana. You yeah. can argue the All Star break maybe is going to ruin that momentum. But if you're picking the game to go over, that means you're probably penciling in Charlotte in for what, like one twelve, one fifteen. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, yeah, so yeah, I'll pivot to the Hornets team total over. I'll, I'll give out both. Get on the Hornets team total over. 108 and a half right now in the full game over as well. Again, I talked about how bad this Utah Jazz defense had been prior to the All-Star break. I don't think that's going to correct um, itself this uh, with this All-Star break. Um, they just don't have a lot of defenders on this team or guys that are willing to play hard-nosed defense. For You take a look at this Hornets team that, I mean, Brandon Miller, you can consider him a good defender. Um Miles Bridges, if he wants to play defense, Nick Richards, uh, giving him that um, the rim protection. But I'm just going to fade this Jazz defense here. Uh, so 108 and a half team total over for the Hornets. For my dog, um, not a lot of dogs that I liked here tonight. Um, so I'll probably have to pivot to a player prop in this game. Um, I think it's going to be a D'Lo ladder the, on his assist. assist. Yeah, 10 assists here tonight. 
or D'Lo. Uh, let me see what it's at. So let's see, Russell. Um, where is D'Lo? So eight plus is at minus one twenty-five. Ten plus I see at plus two sixty-five. Twelve plus at plus six fifty. So I'll go with that. D'Lo ten plus assists at plus two sixty-five. Um, as my dog here for tonight. All right. So yeah. I like that. Uh, Trey Jones was the other one we talked about. Oh, was it Titus Jones? Titus um, Jones. Yeah. So his ten plus is at. All right. So I'll, I'll, I'm going to pivot to Trey Jones. Ty- eight plus assists is at plus one forty-five. Wait, Trey or Titus? Which one are you take? Oh wait, that's Trey Jones. Hold on, let me find Titus Jones. Titus says default number was seven and a half. Yeah. So ten plus is at plus two ten for Titus Jones of the Wizards. I'll take that as well with D'Lo, and I'm going to be, I'll give out the D-Gen parlay, going to 10-plus assists for both of those guys, um, for Tyus Jones of the Wizards and D'Lo for the Lakers, 10-plus assists. Uh, that should get you a nice little payout um, for those two guys as my dog here for tonight. So hopefully those guys can rack up the dimes here, Scott. All right, let's put together our underdog fantasy entry before we get out of here. Um, again, go to underdogfantasy.com. Make sure you use that promo code NBA SGPN for the seven of you that have signed up with Underdog Fantasy. Thank you so much using our promo code. I think the last uh, update we got is that we are tied with, I believe, the fantasy football pod. So, got a few days left, about a week here left in the month of February. If you haven't already signed up using our promo code NBA SGPN, go ahead and do that. If you already signed up, get your friends, family, coworkers. Um, anybody in that state where they have underdog fantasy available, use that promo code NBASGPN. All right, Scott, where are we starting with? You want to start with Avdia since we both love him here tonight? Sure. We'll go with the PR this time, though. Let's switch it up a little bit. All right. Let me see if I can find Denny. Um, I'm curious if it's going to be a 22 and a half or just 23 flat, but PR for him is at 22 and a half. Sure. That's one. All right, we'll go higher on that. What else? you want to go? Wimby. You want to go D-Lo, You want to go D-Lo assist? Yeah, we could do a D-Lo assist. Let's see, Russell. He is at. Uh, he's at seven assists here, so we'll go higher on that. Uh, where else do we want to go? Well, you mentioned Wemby. Um, I do like Monk quite a bit though at nineteen right. and a half, assuming it's yeah. gonna be nineteen. Let's see. Where is Malik Monk? Yeah, 19 and a half is a number. Sure. No, like higher, higher than that. All right, cool. So we'll do that. We'll go Denny Avdia of the Wizards, 22 and a half points and rebounds higher. D'Lo, higher seven assists. And then Malik Monk, higher 19 and a half points. That $20 entry will get you a $120 back going three for three on our player, uh, or sorry, our underdog fantasy entry here for tonight. Again, uh, underdogfantasy.com. Make sure you use that promo code NBASGPN. First depositors will get a 100% deposit match bonus of up to $100. So come and get involved with us uh, and help us win that uh, contest here that's going on worldwide against the other podcast. That is going to wrap it up for this edition of the, excuse me, the NBA Gambling Podcast. Scott, anything else you want to mention before we get out of here? No, I'll back in tomorrow with Terrell for the Friday schedule. So yeah, happy the NBA is back. Yeah, NBA's back uh, post-All-Star break, the final push here of the regular season. Same time, same place tomorrow with Scott and Terrell. Uh, if you haven't already, make sure you subscribe to the NBA Gambling Podcast YouTube channel. Make sure to follow Scott there on X Ad Show Radio. 
can follow me there as well at SportsNerd824. If you haven't already left us a rating and review for the NBA Gambling Podcast, please go ahead and do so. Much, much appreciated. Uh, wouldn't be anywhere without our listeners and the fans of the show. Appreciate everybody in the YouTube chat that joins us as usual every single day. Like we mentioned, Scott Drill back tomorrow. Same time, same time, same place for the Friday games. Till then, good luck with your bets. Let's break these books off and let it ride. Basketball, give me, give me, give me the ball because I'm gonna-